welcome to Anne and Steve Talk Stuff, where an artist and an economist walk into a podcast to talk about strange things that make the world go round. I am the artist in question, Anne Blake, and I am talking to the economist in question, Stephen Kinsler. How's it going? It's going great, Anne. It's going great. It's been too long. It, it, it really has. I'm sure all three of our listeners are feeling the exact same. Um, okay, well, in the interest of expediency, as in... <laughs> it's been a while and also time is slightly limited uh i thought considering we are in uh, just the end of november 23 um we could look at disinformation because we did this a while ago um you did this really helpful what you would call a bullshit detector as if i remember correctly um and i suppose I sadly don't think it's you're ever not going to need a bullshit detector, no, no matter what. And at the time of recording, um, there was basically a big riot in Dublin last week um, for a number of reasons, but a big part of it was a group getting whipped up into a mob, mm. I suppose, by um, WhatsApps and messages and and articles. And yeah, so it wasn't fun. No, oh. um, I think one of the things that that one of the things that happened uh, on Thursday. So I, I presume everybody, all three people listening to this, will, will will know what we're talking about. But essentially, for 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 those of you listening in the twenty second century, um, there has you know when you know I'm, I'm sure you're, you're you're downloading this through your teeth or something uh, <laughs> in a in a in a special uh in the cocoon in which you're born or something you know um <laughs> on a spaceship uh but 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 the this is the end of 2023 ireland is has finished with a, a delusion a delusion that we were somehow different to the rest of northern europe in that the far right or the extreme uh, left would would burgeon here because we always said ah no it won't, it won't happen to us our politics are naturally deeply centrist our um our approach to immigration is enlightened given our history um we're rich anyway so we can afford to br- to, to to bring on board as many migrants as is required um and most importantly we're grandfellas. We're not like those uh, Brits or the Yanks or the people in Sweden or the people in Denmark or the people in the Netherlands or those those people down in Spain with their weird uh, recalcitrant views on migration. The reality is that uh, we're not different from any of those people. There is no such thing as Irish exceptionalism. And you and I have talked on this podcast several times about the reality that uh our self-images as of a, 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 a benighted and blighted people who were put down by colonialism and an empire, and we are we are in some sense morally superior because of the nature of our suffering. The reality is that when we were given the opportunity to wield power over other people in Australia and America and everywhere else, we did exactly the same thing as the Brits <laughs> or the Yanks or anyone else. Uh, the reality is, given given the same sets of incentives, the same sets of institutions, the same sets of norms, an Irish person is no different from an English person or a Danish person or a Spanish person. 
That's just, we're just regular humans. So, but that idea of Irish exceptionalism with respect to migration, with respect to racism, with respect to um, uh, othering others is gone. Like that's, that's over. I think the government is still in a kind of denial about it. And the denial runs something like, yes, of course, there are racists. Yes, of course, there are um, there are challenges with integration. Sure, look at how many uh, uh, refugees we've taken in. Um, but, and this is the bit that 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 I think gets gets edited out a lot of the conversations, comma, but a centrist politics, PRSTV, will 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 keep these people from the levers of power. Um Communities will absorb them because we'll give them the money to do so. And most importantly, we're grand. We're different. Irish people are different. Yeah. Um, the most uh, the, the the most concrete expression of this exceptionalism is Imelda May. So Imelda May has this fantastic poem, and she's a brilliant <clears throat> artist. I really like her stuff. She's got a great poem called "You Can't Be Racist and Be Irish." It's it's beautifully written. It's really well performed. It's absolutely wrong. It's absolute, like she's 100% wrong. Um, you can, of course, be racist and be Irish. And we have, mm. as it turns out on Thursday, loads of them. We also have a, a, a dynamic within those communities. So people who found each other largely through COVID, actually. So it turns out these networks of radicalization have happened through social media and on social media, particularly Telegram. So, um, um, all three of our listeners may not be aware of Telegram. It's a bit like WhatsApp, but it's got broadcast facilities. It is the kind of number one place to find um, uh, uh, disinformation. But obviously, Twitter has become a sewer. I've just given up on Twitter, to be honest. Um, I Yeah, we, we did a whole piece on Twitter, obviously, in the before time. Yeah. Uh, a, a couple of years ago. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I I gave up. I, I have thirty something thousand followers on Twitter and all that sort of thing. But at a certain point, there, there was a moment when um, Israel was attacked, and the owner of Twitter put uh, out a just said, "Oh, you need to listen to these two people." And it turns out the two people are both um, conspiracy theorists and anti-Semites. And you're thinking, "Wow!" So first off, like if the richest man in the world who has access to more resources than anybody else can't figure out that these two fellas are dopes. And I mean, I could figure it out in 30 seconds using my bullshit mm. detector. Then like what hope, right? What hope for the yeah. platform? I just, I just, I just went, you know what? I'm done. And you'll see that the last tweet I sent was on October the 7th. And I just went, do you know what? Mm. Like I've been on Twitter for nearly 15 years. I've been, on, yeah, I've, been on, yeah. I've been on Twitter before there were vowels in Twitter. That's how long I, I've, been, <laughs> I've been on Twitter since there were text messages. Since it was so, so I, I, I'm an OG, but um, you just can't. Like, so um, yeah, which is such a shame because you know you also as a journalist amongst your many your many talents. Um, you know, it, it was such a, a spot for yep. kind of where a journalist could. Could 100%. share information, find information, no. and now you just can't, no, you can't do trust it. anything. And, and just in the interest of being um, a, a different perspective for a moment, and I do completely agree with you about uh, we have a concept of ourselves, and that, uh, and I think in in defence, not in defence, but in in the Imelda May framing, I suppose what I see her poem 
<clears throat> excuse me, as an artist, it's kind of, uh, it's more like if, if you claim to hold these values of our, you know, mm. of a country that has, you can't, like, I think it's a line, you can't put your, ne- your knee on the neck of someone yes. and call yourself Irish. Yes. And I think it's not even, it's not a nationality thing, no. it's an identity yes. thing. If you are holding the values that we hold true, which are, we were oppressed, we, we lift each other up, we, re- we rise up, and we rise up through poetry and art. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, I, and, and I, while I, I do know you, I agree that, of course, just look at the American cop system. They're all Irish-American. Look at Trump's cabinet. They're Irish-American. Yeah. Like, absolutely, given a chance, we're absolute gals. Yeah. But... <laughs> I suppose when you're when you're going to the the, the place of principle and idealism, yeah. then and if you're shout, waving a flag and claiming to be speaking on behalf of Ireland in that manner, uh, uh-uh, no, you you can't. And I think I, I think there, that's a really fair point. Yeah, I, I do think as well. You know, she she makes the point that connecting the idea of an oppressed minority to Irish identity is is completely understandable and has been done many, many, many times, right? But mm. where where you... What is really interesting is watching actual fascists clothe their, their rhetoric around an Irish flag. Like, like, how exactly... Like, I mean, how exactly do you reconcile the idea of a republic with a with fascist notions of the nation. Like it's bonkers. Like, like at one level, I'm kind of going like, how did this happen? Then at another level, another level of what I've been searching for since Thursday are non-obvious reactions. So an obvious reaction is if you happen to uh, be a youth worker in inner city Dublin, the, the solution to the problem is guess what? Drum roll, more resources for inner city workers, you know, uh, and inner inner city uh, uh, communities, uh, blighted by crime, etc. You know, uh, you see the line, oh, the state has forgotten these people. And you're like, no, it definitely hasn't. They live in houses constructed by the state. They, they, they uh, go to hospitals constructed by the state. They go to schools constructed by the state. What they don't have, so that so the state has not forgotten them. The state encircles their entire lives, sometimes multi-generationally. What the state has done has deprived them of the expectation of a better life. That's a different, which is a very different thing, right? Mm. But you, so 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 you get sort of the the oh look, it's not their fault. They're 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 just poor fellows living living uh, in a particular way. That version. It's boring. It's predictable. The other side is, oh, these, uh, it's really interesting. Have you noticed the um, emergence of the word scrote? You see it no. a lot. These scrotes. Okay. It's, it's something, it's not, a, it's not a phrase I really come across very much. And I was like, huh. And it's obviously, it's obviously keyed to some, some word, you know, I don't right. think, I don't think it's something as pejorative or as maybe, um, as loaded as like knacker or something like that. It's not that, right? It's not, mm. it's not like, which is actually a term of hate speech now. Uh, it is. Yeah, yeah. So, and no, it's something else. It's something it's, it's, it's further along the line. Like it's not, it's still a, 
pejorative term. Is it? Not, is it a is it a physiological reference? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But it's just <laughs> I, I just noted it. But anyway, on the right yeah. wing, you, you know, predictable calls for more, more, um, more, more cops, more law and order. You know, crack crack down on these criminals. This kind of crack. And you're like, okay, so so where are the non-obvious takes, right? Like, like yes. if I if I know your name and I know exactly what you're going to say, why do I need to spend 20 minutes of my life reading your stuff? I know what you're going to say. Like, I like I really like Unaman Ali. I think she's a great writer, but I know precisely what she's going to say. I don't need to read her, actually. I know I know what Brian mm. O'Brien's going to say. You know, I know what Francis O'Toole is going to say. Like, I know what these people will say. I've read them so much, like, I can just, I can, I can spit out of uh, a tape. You're... you're- you're a, you're a chat GPT waiting to GPT. Right, <laughs> yeah. Write an article in the voice of Vinton O'Toole in reaction to Thursday's words. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yeah. But, but the thing that is interesting, the non-obvious takes that I've come across so far are, one, you have no idea how sophisticated these people are. You are making a huge mistake if you think that this is a hundred fascists and a thousand scrotes right that's the problem like if you think that's the if you if your diagnosis of the problem is there was a there's a there's a hardcore of far-right activists who organized and then you just had a bunch of lads coming in for, for, to, to loot and wreck the place for a bit of crack that's that that's the diagnosis that you'll see most often parroted in the media um, yeah and now we should we should also say like we're recording this on a on a on a tuesday on Tuesday the 28th, right? So so it's, mm-hmm. it's not that long since these have happened. Um, yeah. So maybe, you, you you know, in the 22nd century, you you, you, you may know this. But, this you know. It'd be a chapter in your history book. Yeah. <laughs> Books, yeah. yeah. You may have to download uh, something in your brain <laughs> to remind you what a book was. But but uh, uh, even even in the 21st century, we don't really use those anymore. But the... But the, uh, the really interesting take so far has been to me anyway how far right networks have emerged and how they have used disinformation and what is really interesting is it's come back i think we must have done at least two or three podcasts about this is the nature of disinformation is changing um in that the person who attacked those children and those carers their nationality was was their alleged nationality, I should say, because it hasn't been confirmed yet, um, uh, and rightly so. Ha, was was broadcast very, very, very early on, like an hour or two after the event. Um, and specific right wing websites started reporting it as fact. It has never been confirmed or denied. Uh, then uh, the this then went on Telegram, as I as I said, and then it went all around. Uh, you know, we have to take back our streets, etc. This is not fair, and so forth. So, w- what had been what what had happened was a piece of not just misinformation but disinformation had had taken place, um, and the then. Almost immediately, another set of facts emerged. For example, the identity and the nationality of the delivery driver, right? So all of a sudden, information started coming up, almost as a counter to the disinformation, 
And it was very interesting watching it happen because you, you because you actually had uh, three people subdued this person, right? Uh, uh, um, um, the person who got the most attention was a Brazilian, right? Um, and I donated to his GoFundMe and, you know, fair play to the man. He's, he is a hero. But there were, there were two others, right? And it's interesting to see how their stories have been kind of suppressed, right? They're now... They're now numbers two and three, you know, um, and, and and one of them is fighting for her life. Indeed, indeed. Um, and mm. uh, uh, what is what is also very very interesting is the nature of the, of the reactions to that. So so that's been mm. kind of fascinating to see. Um, the other fascinating thing uh, that I've really noted is the the government is treating this like all other political problems. Right, which is like there's a thing it reacts. We you know we stick it. We create we create a committee. We push it over there. Blah blah blah. You know there's a playbook to all this. What they don't seem to realize is that because there is no Irish exceptionalism, we know precisely what's going to happen. So the same week that 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 this 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 series of tragedies occurred, um, we had the election of Gert Wilders to. Uh, the Dutch Parliament. Now, his views on Islam are so um, backward and recidivist as to be actually hate speech, and a majority of Dutch people wanted this person. Sorry, that's not fair to say. It's not a majority of Dutch people. It he won the most. His party won the most seats in their election. That's not. That's not the same as a strict numerical majority, um, but he is he is his he he has the largest electoral mandate, and his electoral mandate is is essentially um, uh, we're full. The end. Uh, the Netherlands is full now. Now the Netherlands has uh, uh, doubled the population of Ireland in the same space same space as Munster. Mm. So if the Netherlands is full, you know Ireland is definitely not full. <laughs> yeah. What is absolutely true is. It took him 30 years to, of, of consistent messaging to get there, but he got there, right? That tells me that we are going to have a moment in the next maybe 10 years where it mightn't, there's, there's actually lots of signs that, um, at the moment anyway, that the vote for Sinn Féin is failing. Um, it, it, they're just they're, they're for the first time in the last three years their 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 vote share is falling, um, and there may be lots of reasons for that. But one of the main reasons seems to be that their popularity amongst eighteen to twenty four year olds is slipping. The question then becomes where where is that support going? And then there are only two answers, right? Either it's to the Social Democrats and the much more um, uh, friendly and uh, less, emo uh, less uh, historically laden uh, Holly Cairns, or they're moving to a far-right party, um, some kind of other um, jurisdiction. There's absolutely a constituency. So, so in other words, you can move centre-left kind of, you know, uh, somebody who, 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 who maybe shares your politics and, and, you know, and basically is the Labour Party without the austerity baggage, right? Um, which is actually that, that's not a fair that's not a fair thing to say, but it's pretty pretty it, it, it's 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 a it's a reasonable summary. The um, even if it's not fair, the 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 other side is where do the anti system people go? There's a huge amount of political science research now to say that 
all the anti-system voters who are in every country, 20% of the population yeah. votes for nothing. They all think, you know, they're all in Sinn Féin now, right? And, or most of them are, or at least were, where do they go if Sinn Féin win the next general election? As we, uh, as we record this, last night, the leader of Sinn Féin was harassed by, um, was harassed by far-right protesters as she got into her car. But the first day of the doll, her effigy was uh, shown on a gallows by these people, right? Like, it's extraordinary. Like, like this is the thing. When you start looking at this, and I've looked at this a little bit now, mm. um, one becomes extremely worried because, first off, they're, they're, they're serious. They're really serious. Um, they're hardcore. They've been weaponized by COVID, by anti-vax uh, um, um, protests, and they're they're growing in number. And you have to remember that a hardcore of people who are told they're wrong, 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 wrong all the time, who keep showing up weekend after weekend after weekend, being told you're wrong, 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 wrong all the time. They don't get less hardcore. They get more hardcore, mm. right? Yeah, and. At a certain point, someone who is not an objectionable individual, who is very telegenic, who is really reasonable from a good background and all that, will show up and be there, become their leader. That person will coalesce a political party around them. Um, and all of a sudden, we will have uh, a Gert Wilders, right? All of a sudden. And, people, and it sounds shocking to think about it, right? 2023 in Ireland, you know, we're, you know, we're the country that, 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 uh, that repealed the eighth. We're the country that, 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 that we're the first country in the world to, uh, to, uh, do a popular mandate, give a popular mandate to gay marriage, right? How are we the people who are producing these, uh, far right actors? And the answer is very simple. Um, uh, this is a reaction to a set of ideas that has is becoming more and more and more prevalent in the world, not just in Ireland. And this is a set of right wing ideas because we were we've gone we've gone from a very left wing place, right? Mm -hmm. We want to increase rights to others. We want to make things better for people. We want to improve, increase the size of the state, um, help climate change, aging, and so forth. There's a whole bunch of people who are like, well, that means I'm going to be left behind. So no. How about no? How about you get out of my way? You stop these foreigners coming and taking my stuff. And you leave me live my life the way I am. In that exact world, you have a polarized left and right. And you insert into this social media and, and calculated disinformation. And I'm telling you, like, like, like the, there's nothing specifically special about Ireland, right, that would stop or limit the spread of this. Mm. And... To me, to me, you know, as a, as li I'm literally a centrist dad. You know? <laughs> I'm, a <centrist> dad. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm worried about it. I, I'll tell you why I'm worried about it. And I, uh, I, 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 I find the, I find the persona of this guy Conor McGregor, uh, the boxer. I find yeah. him. Um, I find him to be everything objectionable in 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 men 
and, and masculinity. And I mean that from the top yes. to the bottom. I think everything about the guy is just, is just dreadful. But, but I, I'm in a minority because he has 10 million followers on Twitter and he has more than a hundred million followers across all his social platforms. Mm-hmm. And young men think he's the, he's the, he's the bomb. They think he's great. And, yeah. and people like him are saying right, deeply right wing things and deeply nationalistic things. Now, like I, I'm, and I'm thinking, okay. And I'm looking, I'm looking on Twitter at the number of likes this guy gets and who's liking his posts and where are they coming from? And you can do an analysis of this in about five seconds. Yeah. So you have, you have, again, the playbook is there, right? The playbook is there. In fact, it's, it's a really interesting, uh, the, the, I think we talked about the philosopher, Harry Frankfurt has a, has a series of really good books and they're very short. And, and you know, all three of our listeners should, should read um, Frankfurt's book beca- books because one of them is about bullshit and how, when somebody doesn't care about whether a thing is true or false, yeah, the, the cost to you of refuting what they say is vastly greater than the cost to them of just saying other shite. Yeah, in that world, because the costs are lower and higher on either on either side, the bullshit will just prevail, right? So you can just—it's called flooding the zone with shit. That's what it's called. You yeah, just get into people's. Onto, onto people's uh, social media feeds and just spray whatever you need to spray at them. Um, and what you find is that people disengage. And once people disengage, then everybody, and I mean everybody, is in, in for a much more polarized world. Yeah. And that's before you put in AI. So I've done, I've, uh, one of the things I've done a load about a load of work on is, is artificial intelligence recently. Um, okay. I've, I've like, I've re- redone half my teaching to, to, to include artificial intelligence. I've started um, writing something um, quite long about it. Um, and yeah. in the interest of time, because I know we don't have a lot of time. No, I was wondering, could we maybe do a deeper dive on AI together? Definitely. Um, give it an episode. Yep. Um, because I know that we don't have a huge amount of time this morning. Yep. Um, but I do think, let, I've just taken note of that. Hmm. And just the this idea of, you know, truth being secondary, um, that it, it's not really about... Uh, yeah, the truth not being the point. Yeah. Uh, I think there is a brilliant episode of Parks and Recreation. Did you ever watch that show? No. It's it's about local government. It's very, very funny. It's an American show. A funny but American a show about local government. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Okay. Amy, Amy, Poehler, Amy Poehler and that. But there's a whole bit where they're trying to get something through about um, improving the water. And there's basically someone in local government is a dentist and he doesn't want that. He wants the water to keep, keep being crap, you know, and also he, he's got cronies on his side and it's how they uh, get the information out there to appeal to the public. And at one point, you know, they just, they're trying to be like scientific and it's just like they lose the crowd. And then the, the disinformation is just like, Hey, woo water. And look at this shiny thing. And Hey, you don't want to mess with your water, you know? Yeah. And it's just, the whole thing is just the, um, the tactics used where the actual outcome of, of whatever they're trying to pass is completely immaterial. Yeah. It's just how they're, how they're getting the message across. Yeah. Um, I, I, 
I highly recommend it. But sorry, the whole point is the tactics on how to convince people or how to bore people into not caring about oh, yeah. something are, you know, or just, just make something really confusing. Mm. Um, anyway, so the, the point being like, obviously misinformation is just, some gets mixed up, but then disinformation has, has an agenda. Yes. It does. It's trying to create an arrest. And one thing that did happen last week was something that went out was that the army were on the streets yeah. and, and then the BBC started reporting this yeah. and you were like, well, that's a reputable source. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is incorrect. Yep. So I think what is very important is because we are bombarded all the time and, all this stuff is really <laughs> kind of terrifying to be talking about, but very important. But you have come up with a way of approaching something getting sent to you or an article you're reading and how to approach that. And basically detect, is it true or false? Is it true or is it bullshit? So, so I guess the, the first thing to do, right, is when, just pretend it's April Fool's Day. Right. That, that's the first thing. Just whatever you're reading, particularly it's, if it's of an emotional topic, just like you know a riot or 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 what's happening in the Middle East or um, what, what's happening in, in in China with with uh, you know there's a lot of evidence that the Chinese government is erasing the presence of uh, Muslims, for example, and so forth. So when you when you have like an emotional story, you know you're not talking about like you know changes in fiscal policy in the UK. You know, like it's 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 not. Um, it's something where where you are viscerally attracted or disgusted by something. The first thing to do is imagine that it's April Fool's Day. So April Fool's Day, there's always a joke online. There's a joke thing, you know. Uh, uh, you know uh, uh, the Pope, the, the Pope wearing Balenciaga, whatever, right? That whole thing, um, and the. The thing to do with all of this is just pretend it's April Fool's Day, where you're like, is that real? Is that real? So when when you do that, what you're doing is you're engaging the skepticism muscle. You're being skeptical. And skeptical doesn't mean that you're um, you're sarcastic or that you're negative. It's just like, you're like, is this true? Right? Second thing you do is you look for the source. Not, this is the BBC, it's fine. Like, where did they get their information? That's really important. What you'll find is the BBC story about that was like, they'll say something like, this is a breaking story according to social media, right? And you're like, oh, okay, okay. So this isn't, this is like, how how well do we know this? Are we sure? Are we sure, you know? And the third thing, and this is all you need to do, all you need to do, just put it aside for a day, come back to it. These stories are designed to engage your emotions. Um, what I've been, uh, I've, do, I've been doing an exercise with my students recently, and it's about when you're upset, record a video to yourself um, about what you're upset about, and then email it to yourself, and watch it again when you're less upset. And what you will find is, what you'll find is, you almost half the time you can't, you can't even recall what this person was upset about. But at the time was the most important thing ever, right? Um, it, it's, it's one of these things where I'm just using because it's what I'm trying to get the students to realize is we are we would like to imagine ourselves as creatures of logic, but actually we swim in 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 lakes of emotion, right? And when you're in a fast-paced, pressurized situation like 
don't know, a riot or or a public policy disaster like you know a bank failing or whatever. Emotions are high. You're very stressed. You're very tired. You need to find have tools to 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 work on that. But anyway, that that that's aside. And aside, going back to this. So the first step is April Fools, right? The second mm-hmm. thing is the source of your source, right? Where do they get it? The third and most important thing is just put it aside. Just put it aside. The only real actionable news you get is on the weather, right? And then in Ireland, <laughs> oh, how good is it really? Uh, so don't worry about it um, overly. It can be extremely distressing, particularly if you go on Twitter now, um, what you see is just horror. Like it's horror and, that, and, and it's, it's weaponized horror as well. Um, it, I don't know, um, the, the, the corners of the internet that I am most worried about are the corners I see the least of. Because, like I said, I'm just a centrist dad. I'm just some guy, like, you know, I'm not the target demo. In fact, in fact, I'm nobody's target demo, as it turns out. I used to be the target demo. Used to be. You used to be the center of everything. <laughs> and now I'm not. Now, now, now there is somebody, somebody much younger uh, than me uh, who is the target. Um, and all social media wants to sell me is uh, slippers. <laughs> well, I, I know there was one other part of the bullshit detector that I remember from before as well, which is, is this appealing to an emotion? Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. as I said, actionable, yeah. actionable mm-hmm. news yeah. is you need to do something right yeah. now, uh, like, I don't know, the weather, yeah. but is this something, I suppose, salacious or, mm-hmm. or not salacious, sorry, um, something that's trying to whip you into a, oh, yeah. a, an emotion yeah. and just yeah. to check to check that and then the last thing as well was what you said put it aside for a day yeah. um so not to send it on and then the person who sent it to you yeah. <laughs> be kind yeah. be kind to that person though that's so important yeah so that so i i would i would have gotten loads of um loads of texts along the lines of uh, a friend spoke to someone in the matter where this person is being held, the attacker, um, and and uh, has confirmed um, that uh, he's insert nationality here, right? That's that sounds like it's true until you query it for a second. Mm. As, is that is there any specificity here? No. It's a forward. It's been forwarded many times. Oh, okay, very likely to be nonsense. So you just let it let it go, let it die. Don't be part of the problem. Don't forward it on, and don't go back to your friend. Go, this is nonsense, right? You know, because it's too late. They've 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 sent it off. Um, uh, as it happened, I literally did have a friend <laughs> in the matter. Uh, no way. A very very good friend who, who, who several friends, but one in particular who was working that night. So I know I, I I I was able to tell very quickly if that was nonsense. The person sending it on is send, is is always sending it on out of an abundance of concern for others and to be part to be part of the story a little bit, right? But but fundamentally, they want everybody else to be better and to, to be well. Just 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 have a little bit more compassion for that person. I have noticed that. In the reaction to a lot of this, there's been a lot of polarization, and that's the point. That's the point of this. 
it's designed to pull everyone apart. Um, and there's no need for it, right? There's no need for it. I, 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 uh, I, the, the deeper irony of all of this, of course, is, um, is regardless of what your take is, you have to recognize that inner city communities need a lot of help. Um, having wrecked the very place that they live, right? Um, they then needed more help. But most importantly, groups like the Muslim Sisters of Era who run soup kitchens and, and, and feed thousands every day weren't able to open. <laughs> so, because they weren't safe. So like people, you know, so the, 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 the irony, and if, if there is any irony about any of this, is that the goal here is explicitly to drive polarization. It's not about helping communities. It's not about doing any of that stuff. It's about increasing fear, increasing anxiety, increasing the spread of this disinformation so that one or two out of 10,000 go, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, I agree because of something. Yeah. And they can then find those people. And like spam email, you you, you just need to spread the, spread the net as wide as you can and statistics will do the rest for you. When you're in that situation, you realize that we are at the start of a problem that is going to compound unless a few very, very, very specific targeted interventions are made. Um, the first and most important thing is you stop the spread of the far right uh, very easily by, si by simply disrupting the disinformation channels. The second thing you do is just make things a bit better for the people in those communities. That's, that's quite simple, actually. Um, but the third thing you do, and I think this is very important, is you ensure that there are severe consequences for what we saw on Thursday. On Friday morning, there were 34 people put to the judge, and only two of them were actually sent down to, to do any jail time. Um, that is an extraordinary thing, in my view. Um, you know, the cops are, are promising um, lots and lots of uh, lots and lots of consequences. We'll see, but but fundamentally, you have to you have to lift up communities in which this is more likely to happen, and then you have to make sure that anyone. So you just you, you reduce the probability that somebody's going to be radicalized in the first place, but then you make sure yeah. that if anybody is thinking about to have an a bit of a riot that. The sword gets swung so quickly as to limit the spread. And I think that is important. You know, we have certainly seen a situation where um, if bad behavior is not policed correctly, mm. and I'm not saying community should be policed. That's not my point at all. In fact, there's a brilliant a research program here on community policing. So I've learned a lot about it just from going to their seminars. And um, community policing is really important, but so are actual consequences. Yeah. Um, um, and we shouldn't be we shouldn't be blind to the fact that all of this is an, as a result, as a direct result of manipulation. So the yeah. riot is a result of the direct manipulation of social media by these far right actors. That is what has happened. Yeah. Um, then any other narrative is, uh, as far as I can see, incorrect. Yeah. It's radicalization that happens in all shapes and forms and it happens a lot easier now. Like I know it 
when 9-11 happened, the big question was, how did this happen? When you're saying, no, you need to ask why mm-hmm. it happened, you know? And it was, e- it was very easy to radicalize young men who were watching their villages be bombed, blah, blah, blah. And the problem is now you've got people feeling a little hard done by and you've social media, which is just like um, gasoline and a, and a flame yeah. uh, to, to, to intensify these things. Mm-hmm. But I, um, I on that no, on that really chir- chirpy note, um, <laughs> we might we might wrap things up. But uh, we, I think we'll probably be coming back to this again. But I like just remember the bullshit, bullshit detector because it just helps to sieve through all the gunk that's coming at us, just to try and find you know take time, take a breath, and you know it is scary. Mm. But remember taking note of where that emotion is coming from and what is it grounded in, mm. you know? Um, yeah. Well, Stephen, delightful to catch up with you and sure look next time. Sounds like we're going to be talking about AI. So yeah. look forward to that. Brilliant. Thank you. You have been listening to Anne and Steve talk stuff, a Limerick post podcast produced by Eric Fitzgerald. Theme tune is performed and composed by David Blake. Please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends. You can now follow the show on Twitter at AnnSteveTalk. Get Stephen at Stephen Kinsler. He's a Stephen with a PH. Anne at AnnBlake78. That's an Anne without an E. And the Limerick Post at Limerick Post. <laughs>